You're listening to the River Walk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. I want to wish you a happy new year. We're about to start the year 2020, and that's what this message is about. We've just celebrated Christmas. We just read the Gospel of Luke. And I want you to understand that the story is not over. We continue celebrating the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks. Have a great day. Enjoy the message, and Happy New Year. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to look at the first few verses in the book of Acts. Can you believe it? 2019 is just to be over, just about to be over. What an eventful 2019 we've had as an individual, as a church. What an eventful December we had. Many of you read the whole book of Luke. December's so busy, we, we celebrate Christmas, and I mean, it just seems like a blink of an eye. It was from Thanksgiving, and now it's just about to be New Year's. Even bigger than that, <laughs> a whole decades went by, it seems like, in a blink of an eye. You know, 10 years ago, 2009, I was a single airline pilot. would have never have dreamed that I'd find myself in Liddyville. As a parent of a boy and a girl and a husband, pastor in a church, boy, things happen really quick. 2019 was some pretty awesome things happened at Beth River Baptist Church. We got a new deacon. We've had lost a deacon through death. We got to baptize somebody over 80 years old. Just a lot of neat things happened in 2019. Not to mention had a, a new child born. Like I said, December, just really busy reading the book of Luke. And if you're like me, I love New Year's. It, it might be my, my favorite because it's a chance to start over. It's a chance to kind of just breathe a sigh of relief. We made it. We did it. We made it through the holidays. We, we bought the gifts we needed to buy. And it's tempting to just breathe a sigh of relief and just say, thank God it's over. Let's put our minds towards something else. Let's start thinking about Valentine's Day. Let's start thinking about spring break. Let's start thinking about motorcycle riding. Let's start thinking about vacation Bible school and a, a summer revival. And we need to do those things because it happens so quick. But I want to remind you this morning that it's far, far, far from over. I want to remind you this morning that all we read in Luke, the story continues. What you read in the book of Luke... And I, I may have kind of tricked you. You read Luke and you think that you're done with Luke. But the truth is, you're not done with Luke. You're done with Luke volume 1. Because Luke actually wrote Acts. And it goes in a perfect chronological order. Luke is a really neat writer because Luke is the only gospel writer who wrote about before Christ. He wrote about the life and ministry of Christ. He wrote about the death of Christ. He wrote about the resurrection of Christ. He wrote about the ascension of Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he wrote all about the acts of the apostles. And Luke wanted his readers to understand, like I want you to understand this morning, without a shadow of a doubt, until Christ returns, the story continues. And you and me and Beth River Baptist Church Every one of us, we're characters in that story. And Luke picks up where he left off in Acts chapter 1. 
But I'm going to read the first 12 verses and we'll talk about it this morning. It says in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Verse 12, And they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. Luke wrote this, and he, he said about his former account, he addressed it to somebody named Theophilus. Theophilus means friend of God, a person of high rank. It may have been a real person, but it may have just been a real account written for believers like you and me to know. Friends of God, believers in Jesus. He wanted us to know the friends of God that the story continues. Some things I read that he really wanted the friends of God to know. I don't think it's no accident that he wrote in verse 3. It says, To whom he also presented himself alive after suffering many infallible proofs. Luke wanted his readers to understand that this all really happened. Everything that Luke wrote about, it's not a myth, it's not speculative, this all really happened. It's not like the other religions out there. It's not based on some fairy tale. It's not based on a, on a maybe. It's not based on something we think about. All of this is very historically traceable, and we can go right back to the first writers where this all actually happened. Church, don't forget all that we've read and all that we've studied and all that we witnessed through 2019. It wasn't just believers who witnessed these things. He said he presented himself alive, uh, being seen by them 40 days and speaking the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Forty days a resurrected Jesus went around. People saw Jesus who was crucified. Listen, don't forget. Don't forget this all really happened. Jesus really was born of a virgin. He really did teach. He really was crucified. He really did rise from the dead. And he really did ascend into heaven. The only part that requires any amount of faith is the resurrection and the ascension. The question isn't, was Jesus a real person? Did Jesus really walk? Did Jesus really teach? 
It's not a question if Jesus was crucified. It wasn't a question if Jesus was buried. The question is, why do you believe Jesus did those things? The question is, do you believe that Jesus rose again? And do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Listen, the world's really quick to stop the Jesus talk after Christmas. The world's really quick to let us talk about Jesus during Christmas and during Easter because the world just believes this is all a fairy tale. The world believes the Christmas story is just something like the Easter bunny or presents under a tree. They believe it's temporary and they believe, sure, talk about it here, but let's drown it out with every other thing. But listen... It really happened. It really happened. Luke wanted the friends of God to understand, hey, this really happened. And I want to tell you this morning, believing this, believing this changes absolutely everything about all of our lives. If you believe this, if you believe all you read in December, if you believe this, you can believe the rest of the Bible. The problem is, if you don't believe this, if you don't believe this really happened, well, then you've missed everything in the Bible. Believing this means that we know that God keeps His promises to us. Not only today do we look back on 2019, but we look forward to 2020. Luke wrote in verse 4, he recounted how Jesus said that he told him to wait for the promise of the Father. He said, being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, remember that for later, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Listen, church, I want, I want to tell you as we get ready to start a new year, you can trust God to keep his promises. For the believers, he's made several great promises to us. And I don't know what 2020 is going to hold. I don't know what the next decade is going to hold. But I do know the one that holds it. And I want to tell you that you can trust God to keep His promises. These, these apostles, they had to make that decision. Am I going to trust God to keep His promises or I'm going to do things my way? And they chose to trust. You can trust God to keep His promises. You can trust God whenever He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. In the last decade, I personally, I lost a grandmother. I lost close friends. I lost a job that I loved dearly. But through all of that, the one thing that nothing can take away from me is my relationship with Jesus Christ. He promised He'd never leave me or forsake me. And guess what? He hasn't and He won't. And He's not going to do that to you either. If you've got Him, He's got you. He's promised the believer that He'll have peace that surpasses all understanding. Listen, in the next decade, some of you in here won't, won't be here in 2030. It's a harsh truth. Yesterday, there was a plane takeoff out of Lafayette, planning to go see LSU play in a college playoff. Who would have dreamed that they would have not have got to see that great victory that LSU have? But it happens. It happens all the time. But in the midst of all that, Jesus has promised us a peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus has promised believers, His children, to go and prepare a place for us. If you believe that, you can trust God to keep His promises. And Jesus has promised us that one day, He's going to come again. I don't know when it's going to be. 
It might be before 2020. We might not get to see it. Or it might be in the next hundred years. I don't know. There's things I'm not going to know. And Luke addressed that in verse 7. Actually, it was Jesus that addressed it. They asked Jesus a question in in verse 6. He said, "Uh, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Lord, when's it going to happen? Is this going to be it? Are you ready to do it? And Jesus responded to them and he said, hey, it's not for you guys to know. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Boy, many things I would like to know about next year. I would love to know next year, you know, who should I go after to be members of Beth River Baptist Church? Who's going to make that decision? Who's going to pass away in 2020? Who do I really need to go share the gospel with because I need to know? But it's not for me to know. Where do I need to go, Lord? What do I need to know? What do I... What do I need to do? And so many questions I'd love to know about the future. But the simple truth is that God doesn't reveal to us everything. And the simple truth is just like Jesus told these apostles, His timing is far, far different than ours. We'll never, ever know why some things happen. But we know we can trust God. These early believers, they made that decision and they trusted And we'll never know when Jesus is returning. As a matter of fact, when I see somebody put a date on it, I pretty much write that date off. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's enough to know that Jesus said it was going to happen, so we believe that it is. I believe Luke wrote this story, and I I think he wanted to remind his readers that, hey, Jesus is the main character of the story. But we're all characters in the story, aren't we? In the book of Acts, if if you choose to read it this year, you'll read about all kinds of people. You'll read about, about Stephen. You'll read about Peter. You'll read about Paul. You'll read about the Ethiopian eunuch. You'll read all, all these great things. You'll also read some pretty negative things. You'll read about Ananias and Sapphira, some people that, that God just literally struck down dead. For holding back their possessions. Here's the thing. Every single one of us church. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. You're a character in Jesus' story. And all believers have a part to play in Jesus' story. In verse 8. Jesus said. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. And in Judea and Samaria And to the end of the earth. Listen, all of us have a part to play in Jesus' story. This is strategic. When you study it and you read it and you look at a map, this is like saying, my hometown, my state, my country, my world. Some of us will never get to go overseas and be a missionary. Some of us might. But listen, every one of us has our own Jerusalem. Our own Jerusalem is like our own Liddyville. Our Judea is like maybe our Paris. Our Samaria is like Louisiana or the USA. And the end of the earth is the world. We have a part to play in God's service. We're supposed to be witnesses of Jesus. How about starting today, we remember what Jesus said and we go be witnesses of Jesus in 2020. How about we go and we share how Jesus has blessed us? 
But we just go, just go and tell, go and tell. It doesn't say go and, and preach. It says you'll be witnesses. Let's go and be witnesses. Let's go tell others what we've seen in the last decade. Let's go tell others what we've seen in our church services. Let's go and tell others what Jesus has done in our lives. Let's go share with others how Jesus has blessed others. Let's go share with others about the peace we have had. You know, just in five years since I've been at Beth River, I've seen some of you struggle with cancer, and I've seen peace that surpasses all understanding. I was here when a house got struck with lightning, and I saw peace. I saw a church come together. And you explain that any other way except Jesus and the love of others. That's being a witness of Jesus. Let's be witnesses of Jesus. Let's share about the presence of the Holy Spirit in this church service every single Sunday. Even today, let's share, let's share, let's share. And when I say let's share, let's do more than make a Facebook post. Let's share with somebody face to face. Part of sharing, we sing to share. You know what? Maybe you'll be out during the week working and you can just sing a hymn. God is so good to me. That sharing doesn't seem like much, but I promise you there's some ears. There's some little ears and there's some big ears listening to what you're singing. We worship to share. We preach to share. We teach and we are taught to share. And we're commanded to share. We're supposed to be witnesses. And if you have that Holy Spirit, you have the ability to share. It could be with a parent. It can be with a child. But let's share. Let's be witnesses of what God's done for us. My favorite part in this story, and I could just picture it, it's in verses 9 through 12. Jesus ascends into heaven. Can't you just imagine Jesus being there? He gives this great commission, and he tells them what's going to happen, and then they watch Jesus just go out of sight. And it must have been awesome because... He had to send two angels or two men to say, hey, you guys need to stop looking up and you need to start going out. They were just totally fixated. And listen, church, we're not told to forget the past. We've all got a, a testimony. We've all got a story to tell. But we're to remember that the best is yet to come. I've got a great story. You've got a great story. Beth River Baptist Church has a great story, a great history. It's had some great pastors, some great leaders, some great, some great deacons. But I just believe with all of my heart that the best is still yet to come. But here is the truth. Have you ever tried to walk forward while looking backward? It don't work out too well. We can't move forward with our eyes behind us. Listen, don't forget your past, but don't put your eyes behind you. Look forward. Look where you want to go. And listen, as believers, our eyes should be on that cross. Our eyes should be on the Jesus that's coming back, not on the Jesus that, that left. Jesus is still with us, and Jesus is still coming back, and Jesus has given us a great commission. Let's move forward together. Let's have our eyes on Jesus and not at our neighbor's. Let's not look at, at who's here. Let's not look at empty pews. Let's not look at how one person's worshiping. Let's look at Jesus. Let's look at where he's commanded us to go. Let's not think about what's wrong. Let's not even think about what's right. Let's look at Jesus and let him be our model. Let's stop living in the past and start preparing for our future. When we read this, 
Verse 12 is something that we don't always read and we don't think about it, but I really want you to think about that this morning. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. That's significant, and I want to tell you why that's significant. It's significant because God's story is dependent on obedience. If you look back in verse 4, Jesus said not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. At this point in the story, they saw these two men, they saw Jesus go, and they could have had the attitude like so many of us would like to have the attitude, whew, it's over. Man, that's awesome. And Jesus is coming back. So until Jesus comes back, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to hang out right here. I'm going to bring a sigh of relief. And I'm just going to chill out. But evidently, these, these men, they remembered that, hey, Jesus told us to go to Jerusalem and just wait. They told us to go back. He told us to go back to Jerusalem and let's just chill out and let's wait for instructions and we'll know what to do. God's story is dependent on obedience. Obedience. God needs obedient followers. He wants you to be a part of this great thing He's doing. The story continues. Listen, I believe with all my heart He wants to use each and every one of you, but it's all dependent on teetotal 100% obedience. I want you to really think about it. Many of you know the story of Acts. This is where the church began. This is where the Holy Spirit came down. This is where thousands were saved. This is where the early church fathers came from. This was just a, it's an awesome story. But my question, when I read verse 12, what if these followers would have not listened and went back to Jerusalem? What if, what if you were there? What if you would have said, hey, it's the Sabbath, I'm going to chill out, and maybe I will go later. You know what would have happened? They would have missed one of the greatest miracles in church history. In chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down, and they were there because they were obedient. Listen, it's so easy. It is a rainy morning, you want to stay at home. You know, it's just so easy. Well, maybe I'll go next week and I'm not going to worry about this. And I know it was like that for them too. I mean, they just saw the, the greatest thing they've ever saw and they probably thought it could get no better. But then they remember that, hey, Jesus told us to go back to Jerusalem. He told us to go back where we came from and He told us to wait. A simple act of obedience makes all the difference in the world. Listen, Jesus has told us to be obedient. He's told us to worship Him. He's told us to give to Him. He's told us to serve Him. They had to make a, journey's, a day's journey to be obedient. So my question to you, church, as we get ready to start 2020, what journey is the Lord calling you on? What journey? I, I believe the Lord calls us all on a journey. We're all in this thing together, and we're all char characters in this story. Maybe the Lord's calling you on a journey to just to be faithful in church in 2020. Maybe you feel the Lord calling you just saying, Hey, I want you to be part of this church or a church and not just be sporadic. I want you to be a part. I want you to serve. I want you to be in Sunday school, maybe to teach Sunday school, to be in discipleship training, to be in prayer meeting. I want you, I want you, I want you to go on that journey and be faithful. Try it out. And listen, I can't tell you, it breaks my heart. We have seen some of the greatest things happen 
If you wasn't here when Miss Margie walked forward, you missed a, a miracle, folks. If you wasn't here when Miss Margie was baptized this last year, you really missed it. If you wasn't here for, for Adam's ordination service, you really missed something special. And I'm not, I'm not preaching at you condemning that. I mean, you might have had something else to do. I get it. But, but making a decision not to come, sometimes that's missing one of the biggest blessings you can possibly imagine. Maybe the Lord's calling you on a journey to, to the baptistry. Listen, these disciples had to make a day's journey all the way back to Jerusalem. I don't know how far it was, but I know it was a day they were used to resting. And I know it was a time after they had been busy, 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 they were called to go back to Jerusalem. Maybe God's calling you just to make the journey to the baptistry. You've made a profession of faith. You've given your heart to Jesus. And God's saying, hey, you need to make that journey and be baptized. So many people, they never do that. And listen... The person that hurt, that's hurt, it's not the church. It's not me. It don't hurt my feelings. It's you. You're missing out on one of the best blessings you can possibly imagine by showing the world what Jesus has done for you. Maybe the Lord is leading you on a journey to trust Him with tithes and offerings. Maybe something's been tugging at your heart and you feel like you, just, you need to start giving to the church. And once again, I don't know who gives what. But I know, I know something. So many times we're missed out on the biggest blessings in the world because we don't give. It's already His. If the Lord's leading you to do it, why not do it? What logical explanation can you give for not doing what the Lord's calling you to do? Maybe the Lord's calling you to, on a journey to pray for a friend or a family member at the altar. Listen, I can't tell you what an awesome thing it is to see somebody you've been praying for for a long time come to Christ. It could happen next week. It might not happen in the next decade. But if it happens, and you can look back on that Sunday and just say, Man, I prayed for this, and God answered that prayer all because you were obedient. You could go on and on and on. Maybe somebody here this morning is, is struggling like I was with the call to preach Maybe he's leading you on a journey to, to the pulpit. And you've been saying no, 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 no. But man, what a blessing it is when you finally say yes. Maybe God's calling you on a journey to be a missionary. Maybe God's calling you on a journey for whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. All that matters is that you trust and that you're obedient. Are you being obedient? Thank you for listening to The Riverwalk. I want to be the first to wish you a happy new year. I hope you understood today's message. I hope you understand that the story is not over. And I hope you understand that you are part of the story. And you can make such a big difference in the kingdom of God. It all comes by being obedient. Are you doing what the Lord is calling you to do? We're here for you. We love you. And once again, happy new year.